Welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all of the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. Uh, as usual, we have the typical panel today. We've got Adam. You can find him at on Twitter, at Adam Barnhart. And Barnhart is B-A-R-N-H-A-R-D-T. Uh, Rhiannon is with us, also known online as Brooklyn Wallace. You can find her on Twitter, at Shada Patron. And I'm Caleb. I'm on Twitter at Caleb A. Borchers. Uh, that last name is B-O-R-C-H-E-R-S. Uh, also, let me make a special request here on the top of the show. Um, if you're thinking, man, I love this show. Just hearing the intro makes me so excited. Then, Or if you're not thinking that, we would love for you to go over to YouTube um, and subscribe to us. This is a way that you could really help our little venture continue going. Um, the way to get there is to go to watch dot marvelnewsdesk.com uh, so click that in and it'll ask you right away hey do you want to subscribe and if you'll say yes that will do wonders for us um, in our quest to continue to make this the best and most sustainable show ever so love for you guys to do that uh, also if you guys did not see this week we had our big um, war uh, infinity war supercut uh, I say ours. I mean, we're involved with it. We're helping kind of make it. Charles is the the genius behind it all. Uh, that hit our um, thing today. We've had, where are we at, Adam? 54,000 people have seen it or something like that. So anyways, thanks a lot for everybody who's watched it. It's been really fun. My phone has been just blinking with... Uh, like notifications of people leaving comments and uh, subscribing and all that stuff. And so we're really we're thankful for you guys doing that. So, all right, are you guys ready to hit the news? Let's go. All right. So this is not a whole lot to talk about, but um, we just, I should felt like we should start with the fact that black Panther is now the all-time highest-grossing domestic MCU movie. It is the most tweeted-about movie in the history of the planet. And um, it is the highest-grossing worldwide solo superhero movie. So the only the only mountains left to climb would be for it to get more international or worldwide than Avengers or Avengers Age of Ultron. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's slowed down at this point that we're not going to see those hit. But other than that, I mean, this has made more money than any Batman movie ever, any Superman, Spider-Man, Superman. I mean, it's kind of incredible. So uh, we have talked about how Hollywood always takes the wrong message out of these things. Adam, Rhiannon, my question I'll ask you as we look at the box office is what is the lesson that Hollywood should take? from the unbelievable success of Black Panther. I mean, I w- to start off with, I would probably say the whole uh, representation matters type deal. Obviously, you like with Wonder Woman and Black Panther in the span of six, seven months, was it? I mean, just look how big those uh, movies were, you know, culturally, not just at the box office or critically you know look at everything that surrounded it and twitter and all sorts of stuff i mean and i think it's more than just representation matters because this isn't just 
that they have a movie with a minority cast. It's that they approached the subject matter with deep consideration. Um, you know, the thing, I mean, I was hanging out with people today that threw out that random fact of that the colors they wore to the casino scene were the colors of the Pan-African flag. Like, those kind of deep thought details, the, the details that that... It's not, I mean, there's been plenty of movies with a minority cast. Maybe not plenty, but there have been previous movies with a minority cast. But they haven't approached the subject matter with the consideration and deep thought that Black Panther and also Wonder Woman, I mean, when we go and look at that, put into the whole subject matter. So I think that's it. I mean, I think the fear is, or not the fear, but I think the wrong message would just be we need to throw out more movies with minority characters. But the mess, the real message is just like the, the consideration that went towards this movie with minority characters. Yeah, I, I think um, my takeaway on this is, um, it feels very like vain or vapid compared to what you guys just said but like my takeaway is you can put out a movie at any time like i was not really a believer people always said well you know deadpool did so well in february you could do it any time and i was like yeah but when you look at the numbers and the way things ramp up and down you really if you have something big you want to wait until summer and what we saw here is if you put out a really good movie and you're helped by the fact that other studios are putting out really crap movies, then you can put a movie out in February and make more money than Avengers. Like, I don't think I, I, I don't, I know I did not believe that like six, seven weeks ago. And it wasn't, it wasn't doubting Black Panther as much as it was. I just didn't, I didn't believe in that release window for a little while there. Um, Last Jedi was sort of outpacing it because there was all that like Christmas time, um, money that they made like during school holidays. But then once that wore out, Black Panther surged right back past where Last Jedi was at the same point, you know, week to week. And it just shows us that we can get really awesome movies any time of the year and that you can actually make more money if you release a fantastic film in a eight week desert of good films. Because, you know... There's, I haven't seen much else that has come out, but I haven't really wanted to see much else that's come out. So um, I think that really changes things. I think it's interesting. Yeah, I think it was interesting. I mean, like on that, you know, you're the box office expert, but the uh, Stephen DeKnight, who wrote and directed Pacific Rim, Uprising, that came out this weekend, somebody asked him just, I, I don't even know what the question was, but his response was something to the effect of, I expect this movie to be in the box office until Avengers Infinity War comes out. So essentially there's one, there's not a whole lot of the box office between Black Panther and Infinity War with the span that they created. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if you make good movies, people will watch them and they'll watch them over and over and over again. And so, it seems like at some point, some studio head would realize, wait a minute, if we made good stuff, people like to watch good stuff. I mean, I know that's probably unfair. They're trying to make good stuff, but it is shocking sometimes how bad things are that are not Marvel. 
Yeah, I know. I sound like a fanboy. Anyway. Uh, so this week, the Russos, I think it was Joe Russo, was talking about the Defenders characters in Infinity War. And he said, quote, that it was impossible to add Netflix characters to Infinity War. Uh, Rhiannon, what did you think of Joe Russo crushing your dreams so cavalierly with just one word, like impossible? Oh, I mean, I stopped dreaming about that a while ago. They've they've said so many things about it not being possible that, um, I mean, you know, you guys know I've always held out a little bit of hope. Well, I was holding out a little bit of hope that, like, Daredevil would show up, you know, being the most popular or most well-known of the Netflix characters. And, I mean, to the known world right now, he's dead. So that sort of killed, you know, how he would show up. Um, but I, I mean, there's so much, the distance has come so far between the TV universe and the movies universe. Um, I don't think I brought it up during the Jessica Jones podcast last week, but the fact that Jessica Jones was referring to Spidey sense and, or making jokes about Spidey sense and stuff like that, that isn't really... I mean, so are they reading Spider-Man comics? Or, like, do they have Spider-Man stories? Yeah, like, how well-known is Spider-Man? They were making lots of Spider-Man references that made me feel that they were completely separated from the movie universe. Um, Yeah, I don't feel like they're even trying to pretend it's connected these days. Except for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Which, you have another news topic later on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was Alvin, maybe somebody commented, I think on the YouTube comments for like a week or two ago, that that actually bothered them a lot in Jessica Jones, that like the, the, the references almost didn't make sense unless Spider-Man was a fictional character that people knew about in the Jessica Jones world, you know? Exactly. I'm right with you. Yes. I don't think impossible is the right word. You know, if they wanted it to happen, they would make it happen. You know, that type of deal. I don't think it's impossible. If they wanted Charlie Cox to show up, I'm sure they could make it work out. So I I would guess they just want to keep it separated at this point. I think, I mean, we're seeing, what, 47 to 60-some characters are going to be in Infinity War? So, I mean, let's let them use the movie characters first before bringing in all the defenders and I mean I want to see Iron Fist punch Thanos just as much as you guys do but it's not going to happen yeah that's that's at the top of everybody's <laughs> list oh if only Finn Jones was in this movie it would all be worth it the, the word impossible bugged me because you're right it's not impossible I'm pretty sure Charlie Cox would take a million or two to show up and film a scene for Infinity War what they what they talked about, kind of more of the context, was just um, that they do a lot of working with other directors and stuff. They sat down. They talked about how they had to work a lot with Taika Waititi because his movie was started filming after theirs did. So they had to be very careful that the Thor in Infinity War is the same Thor as was in Ragnarok, which was a particular challenge given how different Ragnarok was from previous Thor movies. And that they had to, you know, do a lot of that conversation. They had to do conversation with the Ant-Man and the Wasp team. And they had to do conversation with the Captain Marvel team. And they had to make sure that all of that stuff made sense and fit. 
And there was this idea that it was just too much effort and work and it was too impossible to do that level of checking in with showrunners and writers for five Netflix shows. And so, I mean, I don't know. I appreciate what they're saying. I know what they mean. And I'm, I'm sure it's really hard to make a movie with 45 characters and work with the directors of other movies. Like all the moving parts on this, excuse me, is really hard. I mean, even something like Thor's eye patch had to have been a bit of a pain in the butt to like, you know, like when was that written in the script? When did they know? How do they make sure? Like they had to do a lot of balancing to make sure everything happened. So I can appreciate they couldn't have done that well. And if they had thrown in the defenders and there had been something like a reference that had been like incongruent with Jessica Jones season two, we would all be like, Oh yeah. How'd you guys do that? That's not right. You know, like I can appreciate why they didn't do it, but it's, uh, I don't know. Impossible. Just seemed to be like they were trying to wrinkle us, you know? So, uh, in the, in the live chat, Jack Hammer said, uh, it used to be connected is the new tagline for yeah. uh, <laughs> hashtag <laughs> hashtag. Yes. It's what was the other one we did? Hashtag. It's all something. Is that right? <laughs> it's all something. That's what, that's what Kev says. All right. Uh, this was really shocking to me. The Deadpool animated series for FXX is dead. Like FXX has pulled the plug on the Donald Glover led series. Adam, you posted this to our, our conversation last night on Slack. Uh, is this kind of shocking to you? Because I'm very surprised by it. Yeah, something. I mean, he must have gotten a different project or something because there's no way they would cancel one of his projects because of quality or something of that nature. I mean, it seems like it's almost a too-good-to-be-true type setup, you know, Deadpool and, and the Glovers. So I wonder if he got something else maybe i don't know i don't want to speculate saying oh he's now he's gonna write and direct his own mcu movie or something but i don't know it seems kind of fishy that they would cancel it before even i mean they ordered it to series right and now they're just not going with it so i'd guess he got some other gig hopefully the only thing i could think on that though is if it's a cartoon and it's geared towards children and suddenly the violence of Deadpool. And I don't know. I mean, I realize there's Deadpool out there that's been marketed to a younger crowd. Maybe they've decided that it's just not good with the political culture at the moment. Yeah. It was going to be on FXX with like Archer and the Simpsons. Oh, okay. So it seemed like it was more adult oriented. Oh, I mean, isn't that who Deadpool is, too? Essentially, Archer with a red and black mask on? <laughs> I've never watched Archer, but I, I, I think so, yeah. <laughs> kind of, sort of. So, kind of blend. I'm going to have to think on that one, Adam. Because I've watched a lot of Archer, and this is very possible. I mean, the weird part to me is, like, there's three parts of this triangle, right? There's Marvel, there's Glover, and there's FX. And two, like... All those other connections are all made. Marvel and Glover have a great relationship. I, well, we assume. It seems to be a good relationship with um, the work on the Miles Morales movie and his appearance in um, Han Solo and his appearance in Super Spider-Man Homecoming. So there's, 
you know, there's lots of stuff there with Marvel and Glover. And then Glover and FX have a decent relationship because they're making Atlanta and everybody loves it and it's this huge thing. And then FX and Marvel have the relationship with Legion, right? So, like, all three of the the the, the sides of that triangle are functioning well right now. And that's the part that's so weird to me. And you get kind of the sense that, like, Marvel... And this is hard to read from, like, the Deadline Report or whatever. It seems like Marvel and Glover were happy with what was happening and FX wasn't. And the only thing I can figure is, like, FX wanted, like, another... Like, wanted the movie in cartoon form and this was going to be too different. I, I don't know. Go ahead, Adam. I mean, Disney couldn't be making any, like, decisions and stuff now, could they? Could I don't... I mean, what's the arrangement? So is it like a... Of who owns the Deadpool series, you know? Because, I mean, Disney's about to own FX and FXX, you know? So, I mean, is there some finagling going around? Did they not want to... I mean, who 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 essentially canceled it? FX canceled it, right? So, I mean, is Disney just trying to hold it out for some new animated universe they're going to build? Because, I mean, that's probably the one facet of the industry dc kicks marvel's butt is is in the animated stuff so maybe they're trying to do something like that or there's a possibility that disney is going to have a streaming service that they would like a marquee product on and a donald clever animated deadpool might be one of those things that they would like on there you know i mean I don't, none of that makes sense to me from FX, but, um, I don't know. It, 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 it's weird in the live chat. Um, Michael Ford was saying that, uh, maybe that Glover, uh, and Disney, um, are just, they both kind of wanted to wait it out until FX was under the control of Disney. So it's, it's possible, but it, it just seems very particularly because it was a series order. I mean, my understanding is FX loses a lot of money when they don't produce something that's been ordered to series. But then again, it's just monopoly money at this point, right? Because whatever money the FX spends to give Disney to make this show is money that Disney's going to have anyway in another year or so. So it's, it's really weirdo. I would love to hear the behind the scenes stories on this Sunday, but all right. Um, I didn't have this in the news. We should talk about it. Adam, you were posting some, uh, was it Instagram posts from the new Warriors cast? Yeah. What, what, what is your, uh, what's your theory about what's going on there? I would guess they, I'd guess they got picked up by something. I mean, they've done this a couple of times, uh, where the whole crew get, or the whole cast gets together, uh, with the showrunner and they all upload pictures. They're all like different angles, but they're in the same exact like room in the house. Uh, um, <laughs> So they all did that this week, but Matthew Moy said something about, I don't know, he put it some way that, I don't know, he's happy or, I don't know, congrats or something. So it would lead me to believe that they had kind of a series ordering party of some sort. I, I just think it's very peculiar. I mean, we didn't even know that they were filming something and now they have a pilot and apparently it's a very good pilot except it can't find a home. So I don't. I would guess it got ordered somewhere. Probably the Disney streaming service? Question mark. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, at this point, I mean, 
Cloak and Dagger has been sitting on the whole show for months, and the pilot was filmed over a year ago or whatever. Um, so, yeah, maybe they're just going to keep it all in the can. I mean, then uh, Kevin Beagle, or Beagle, I don't know how to say his last name, he tweeted once about writing the second season but then deleted it. So, I don't know. They're doing a lot of stuff, and we know nothing about it. That's what it boils down to. I would guess it got picked up somewhere. Yeah, I feel like it's our job to get this figured out. When we started fussing about Cloak and Dagger not giving us any details, suddenly we had a release date. So I'm just going to claim credit for our podcast that this is the way that stuff gets done. So New Warriors, we're on you now. Give us a release date. Tell us where this thing's going. And also, if that's the party they have... That looked like the kind of parties I had in 10th grade, you know, like me and a bunch of my friends hanging out in somebody's like rumpus room in a basement. Like that looked like a really lame party for a bunch of actors that just got a big deal. So (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. So Moy said, who's excited? And he's the only one that put hashtag new warriors in their post. So yeah, something happened. I don't know. I mean, that's what's so weird. I mean, everyone said that the pilot was super, super good. And then someone said um, this week on Sci-Fi, who was it? There was the, uh, I think the artist of the 90s series said he watched the pilot and it's like a docu-comedy. So maybe this is going to take the place of like ABC's Damage Control. or Something like that. The Office for Superheroes. I mean, NBC tried that with Powerless and it didn't even make it through three-fourths of the season. So, Rhiannon, what sounds better to you? New Warriors on Hulu, New Warriors on Freeform, New Warriors on ABC, or Disney streaming service? I mean, Freeform still sounds better to me. Like, if it's on Hulu, I would set my expectations much higher, I think. Um, I just don't see it happening on ABC. I mean, I don't know. Like, it just doesn't sound like something that would survive on network television. Um, and then Disney streaming service is just an unknown. I just don't want to have to get another streaming service. That that doesn't sound good to me. You know they're like going, they're going to make the you. They're going to. They're going to put some Marvel crap on there that, like, we're going to have to start figuring out if we can expense that out, you know, for the podcast. Seriously. Nice. Like, going through my monthly expenses, man, these streaming services, they're adding up. Wait, you live in New York City. You can't buy a cup of coffee for a Netflix subscription, right? Where Adam lives, that's like a month's rent, you know, Netflix. It is. (laughs) But it's still like that amount of money that's left after my rent and coffee. That's true. So, like, I can only afford the rent if I um, don't. You know, spend thousands on my weekly subscription, my monthly subscription services. Maybe, but, um, I mean, we could get a, can we, can they corporate accounts? Can we get a Marvel News Desk account <laughs> and we all get a username? Get one account. We all, we'll have to look into that. I probably shouldn't talk about it That's on a, the podcast that Disney could listen to at to any say. given moment. But. <laughs> oh, all right. New Warriors is hopefully happening eventually. All right. Uh, do, 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 do. All right. 
Daredevil has added a new actor. Jay Ali is coming on as an FBI agent. Uh, Rhiannon, I have two questions for you. One, if, you know, what do you think of him? Uh, well, maybe that's not the right way to put it. What do you think of the casting? <laughs> and um, second of all, um, I mean, he was, I always get confused on this casting stuff. Was he probably cast a while ago and they've just now revealed it? Because, I mean, they've been filming a long time. They're not adding him at this point right i mean who knows um yeah i figure at this point that they are probably around episode eight or nine um maybe as far as episode 10 so them introducing a new character you know it could be it's odd for them to be announcing it um Unless there's a reason to announce it. Anyways, so to your first question, I actually had the time and dedication this week to look him up thoroughly and watch some of his old clips and stuff. And I definitely am excited about him being on the cast. Um, not because of acting ability or anything. I just think he looks yummy and totally superficial <laughs> about it. Uh, I was about to say, look him up and down. <laughs> yes. He is pre-approved. I have been joking this week because, I mean, to all our listeners that, that don't know, I um, I moved to Manhattan. So I've been joking that, like, when they film in Manhattan, they can totally use my apartment instead of their dressing room trailers. And uh, he's pre-approved. He can totally, like, you know, use my apartment as his dressing room. But I... Yeah, I mean, like, I looked up, he's done, you know, just, like, a few small, I mean, like, some parts. He has some YouTube clips out there. Um, you know, the guests at MCU Exchange, they were saying that he connects to that character, the FBI. They had a, there was a cast breakdown, I think. I don't know if it was broken by that hashtag show, if it was broken at MCU Exchange, um, of a FBI character of um some sort of Pakistani descent, first generation American and stuff. So they're assuming that he's that character with moral, you know, like a good guy that, you know, might get stuck in a bad situation. So I'm interested to see where they're going with that. And I'm excited about his casting. I'm trying to remember, are we sure this is a different character than the one they think is maybe Sin Eater? Or is this possibly like a villain? I think this is a different character than what they thought was Senator. Yeah. Um, yeah, this looked like one of the FBI characters. Like, this might be... Yeah, I mean, because the speculation is that they're doing the Murdoch papers, where the FBI um, sort of closes in. You know, maybe Matt's identity gets revealed, but in general, the FBI is, like, closing in on him. Um and so he, yeah, this is expected to be one of the FBI agents. That's, but you know, they always have their side plots and different stuff going on. Probably going to get another side plot where it's like an FBI agent versus another FBI agent or something of that nature. So, no, I don't know. I think that they said that his name in the uh, deadline did, and I think he's an original character, if I'm not mistaken, but... Other than that, yeah, I have really no thoughts. I hope it isn't, like, too close to what we saw in Punisher. Yeah, I actually was just having that exact thought, <laughs> is that I, I worry that it's going to be too close to Punisher. Um, the other thing I was thinking about is, you know, we had um, 
when we were on MCU Exchange, we had that whole casting breakdown for Jessica Jones season two, and we kept trying to predict who the characters were. And, um, you know, Charles Murphy did a good job of picking out uh, Carl Malice, right? Like that that's who that character was going to be. And he hit that right on the head. But most of the others were guesses that weren't right just because they were all original characters, you know, like it was just like a erroneous, like, um, like way to go about the conversation to go, Oh, what comic character is this? Because in Jessica Jones, the main character, uh, the main villain, so to speak. And most of the side characters, I mean, everybody was new. They weren't comic creations. And so that's interesting with these Netflix shows that we're getting a lot more original storytelling that makes the casting breakdowns much harder to try to predict, you know, Adam, I'm going to ask you about this one. I, I, I know what you're going to say. Um, so Steve DeKnight, uh, who is, uh, we mentioned earlier, just got done making Pacific Rim Uprising. Um, I think that's that's the name of it, right? They call it yeah, Pacific yes. Rising or something in a Marvel News desk yeah, minute. That was terrible. like that, yeah. Um, he wants to make a Moon Knight show. Um, I assume you're pretty excited about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, other than him, you know, there's only a couple of, uh, guys I think would do a better job. Noah Hawley being one of them, but then of course that'd be almost a rip off of Legion. Um, and the American gods guy, I think, uh, Brian Fuller was it, but he just got fired from another show or something. But yeah, I'd be stoked. I mean, something's gotta be going on that he doesn't have a show announced yet. So I don't know if if Feige's planning on doing like a Moon Knight movie, but I don't think that I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's it's got to be when, not if it happens, right? I mean, this the Disney Netflix thing kind of threw a wrench in the forks because it. I mean, Netflix would have been perfect for a Moon Knight show, but now I mean, I don't know, man. I guess we'll see. That's the top item on my want list well besides a dark hawk movie but i know the dark hawk movie won't ever happen so moon knight's next because moon knight i mean there's a there's a chance it could happen you know do we know why he ever left daredevil was it just that he really wanted to do the movie thing or i mean he was so good for it so it was because he was doing pacific rim i believe I believe the Pacific Rim Uprising movie. If it wasn't, I get him mixed up with Drew Goddard. I think Drew Goddard was supposed to be the showrunner for season one. And he wrote like the first three episodes, first two episodes. Um, But then he had to leave because he was supposed to be doing Sinister Six, I think. Um, And then that fell through, but he had to leave anyways. And that's when Denight came in. And I think by the time season two on Daredevil got running, I think tonight was already working on Pacific Rim Uprising, if not another project in between. It, it, it seems weird to I mean, I don't know how these things work. I mean, you've just mentioned two guys that made an incredible first season of Daredevil who gave up on it so that they could make a non-existent Sinister Six movie and Pacific Rim Uprising. Speaking of dumb movies that are coming out right now like it just seems weird to me like why those guys would walk away from such a great netflix gig that they're so good at it's not like the old days when movies were such a big deal and tv shows were like second class i just i don't get it i mean drew goddard did go on to write the martian 
I don't remember if that was before or after. I mean, I know it came out after Daredevil, but I don't know if he started production on that when Sinister Six fell through or if it was before Daredevil. Um, he, I mean, Goddard, he's behind, like, The Good Place on network television. He's, he's in a lot of stuff. I mean, he's definitely not at the bottom of the barrel. And, I mean, tonight, I mean, if anything's going to knock Black Panther off of the charts, uh, Pacific Rim might if you think has a chance against it it did did, but it did because it made like black panther made like 16 million and it made i think 30 but you know (laughs) the sixth or seventh week of release i mean so i mean these guys are protected by guilds and stuff right so even like if one of them wrote the script to sinister sticks i mean they still get a full paycheck right or how's that work uh, yeah, usually the way, yeah, the Writers Guild protects writers in that sort of way. Like, you get paid if you write a certain amount of a draft. Um, whether, and, and that's where, like, a lot of screenwriters talk about. They get paid. I mean, a lot of, you can have a perfectly substantial screenwriter career and absolutely nothing ever get made. You know, you can make a living on movies that never make it to screen. I was thinking about trying to make a career out of being a children's movie screenwriter. Like I saw the trailer to uh, yes. Sherlock Gnomes yes. and I was like, that's garbage. I could, I mean, I know from the trailer I could write that movie. I have enough experience with kids that I could handle that. So, and I, I'm sorry, screenwriters. You're probably like, Oh, he's disrespecting our, well, none of you listen to our show. But anyways. Yeah. They might. That's true. If so, we've got ideas. All right. Here's the last bit of news we'll tackle. Uh, There are rumors that the Venom plot has leaked online. Some people say it's not real. Other people say um, that it is real. And the people I hear that said it's relatively real, I trust. So I think it is. Uh, Just a simple question. Do you think knowing the plot ahead of time will make Venom more watchable or less watchable? You looked at it, Adam, didn't you? Oh, I did. Yeah, of course. I knew. Hmm. Can I? Can I say it, or can we not talk about the? I I don't. I, mean, I don't want to know. So just tell me. Did you like what you saw? If the leaked stuff is right. Um. What I saw. It makes perfect sense that Sony would make this movie. I mean, it makes say you say. All right, well, Venom without Spider-Man, what can they do? I mean, if... Yeah, I'm not going to like it. I mean, you you might as well read the thing, because if you watch... If you... Okay, if you spend money on that, you're going to get upset you spent money on it. So you might as well just watch... (laughs) You might as well just read read the leaked plot. I I mean, I've heard things that is probably pretty accurate. And the Venom movie, I know it's going to piss every single diehard Venom fan off, and it's probably going to ruin Venom for the MCU forever. But <laughs> I'm just, saying, so just to recap, you'll be pissed off if you spend money on it, and it'll ruin Venom forever. That's your review of what we got coming. I'm not even a, I'm not even like a, even a Venom or Spidey fan, but just that plot. It's just like, of course, it's going to end up that way. I mean, I wanted to have cautious optimism, but I mean, at least Kev had some input in Homecoming. 
you know I mean obviously he probably has zero say with Venom and the alleged leak plot shows that I wish you'd read it so we can talk because I have some stuff to vent about (laughs) so it strikes me what we should do then is we can all uh, instead of doing a Venom review episode for the pod in November or October or whatever Let's do a review in March when it hits to our Netflix account that we're all sharing, right? Like, and then we could do the home video release review so that we don't waste our cash on it. Oh, it's not gonna be good. Just I feel bad for people who really love that character. It's well, it can't be worse than what I experienced with Inhuman, so. Oh, you'd be surprised. True. You'd be surprised. I mean, in humans, you have... So how does that... So so there were some numerous about that, like, the costume would never show up in the movie. That that sort of Tom Hardy sort of may or may not have posted something in response to that. Did the plot of the movie give any insight oh, on yeah. that? Oh, yeah, it did. But I don't, okay. I, Caleb won't let me spoil him. All right. Well, you know, there's people listening. They might not. They don't want us to be spoiled. Let me put it this way: if 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 they turn it, I'm not saying I haven't seen this, so this is just random guessing. If they put like Tom Hardy and like a military like like machine gun carrying suit, like Agent Venom, and then just put a black black mask over his face, uh, that would be ugh. I could see them doing that, actually. I could see them totally making it like a Rambo movie with a black mask. So That would actually, the description you just said was a lot better than the plot I read. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry that we're laughing at you your misfortune, wrote. Venom people. <laughs> All right. I think that does it for the news. Um, it's kind of cool. We've got to a point in Marvel that we now can do a trailer section every week because there's always a new trailer out. Um, So (laughs) I want to talk about the Cloak and Dagger trailer. We got a full trailer for it. Um, At this point, it's hard to remember. We got a trailer like a year ago and then we got the weird like side-by-side movie video like two weeks ago. And then now this is like a real legit two-minute trailer. Um the first episode apparently aired at WonderCon, and I heard no one talking about it on Twitter. But um, I did read some things that said they felt like no spoilers or anything. But I, I did read something from I forget if it was Collider or who that the leads were pretty good. That the powers um, was a bit of a different origin from the comics, but they generally they look you know looks good. They're hopeful for it. Uh, what was your guys' takeaway from the trailer that we got this week for Cloak and Dagger? I, I, I'm still so confused about this show. Like, the trailer... I mean, the trailer gave some great flashbang, like, excitement moments. Um, as you guys know, I tried to do a trailer review, and it was just me staring at it going, like, what? Okay, like, okay, what? Um, and I also, as, as those watching right now can see, I also don't have lights in my apartment yet. So, like, just not good for videos yet. Um... But then there's like this whole there can only be one thing that they tried to throw in. Does that throw back to the comics in any way? Like, 
Or are they trying to push this whole the two become one? There can only be one, so they become one. Did that make any sense to you guys? The whole there can only be one crap? Um, it didn't immediately to me. In the comics, they have sort of a weird symbiotic relationship where like her light keeps him from being overcome by darkness and he kind of keeps her from being overcome by light or something like that. Like some kind of very ham-fisted yin and yang thing going on. So all I can think of is that like they've had other pairs and they don't figure that out. So one of them dies, but these guys will not die because they figure out how to like sustain each other, which seems like just a metaphor for codependence to me. But anyways, I don't know. It's just, uh, Adam, do you have any more thoughts on that? You know, you know, the comic books well, not really. But yeah, you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head with the codependency thing. Um, so I'm not sure if they're gonna, if that's gonna be a plot point where Roxanne's gonna try killing one of them and they realize that they need each other to survive or something. I would guess. I don't know. But I mean, yeah, I, I mean, looking through Twitter and all that stuff, you know, everyone says that both uh, Olivia Holt and the guy who's the guy, Aubrey something. We should show prep or something, but the leads are, are excellent. Um, and I mean, the powers didn't look too bad in the trailer. I mean, obviously, we probably got the only shots of the powers in the whole series in the trailer, but they still look pretty decent, right? Yeah, yeah. I, my big question has been, so I always think of Cloak and Dagger as being slightly edgy. Like... It's about teenagers who run away together. Um, it's less controversial today, but, you know, an interracial couple in 1982 was Marvel pushing the boundaries a little bit. And then there was all the stuff about drugs, particularly in the drug culture of the 1980s and with cocaine and all that kind of stuff. Like, I always think of Cloak and Dagger as a kind of risky thing that Marvel did to have a interracial teenage couple of runaways who are doing drugs that become superheroes. Like, that is not, like, your typical formula for family entertainment. And so I'm kind of worried that this is going to, like, just take... I'm just... I don't know if the show can be as edgy as it needs to be, but then again, freeform... I don't know, 14-year-olds are watching stuff I probably haven't ever watched in my life, so maybe it is. I don't know. I'm just kind of interested in kind of... I don't know how to put it, but like in that sort of child to adult education, education, entertainment, where does this like fall, you know? And like, are they going to be able to go to places that make me kind of go, oh, wow, that's interesting. Or is it going to be like high school musical version of those issues? Does any of that make any sense? Like, yeah. I'm just not sure where this is going to fall. Yeah, I can't tell. All right. Let me ask this question. Um, does it seem like they get their powers from Katrina? Am I the only person that like seemed like the hurricane has something to do with this? Or is that totally in my brain? I didn't see it. Cause you guys mentioned that before. So like it broke while I was at work and I didn't have a chance to watch it. And I tried waiting so I could do the like real reaction video. Um, I didn't see the Katrina connection. I saw like water and washing and stuff. Like, I, I mean like them and I, I didn't get it. But I think it'd be cool if they go there. I mean, I'm down for all things Katrina. Isn't it kind of like a, a Matt Murdock thing where they got in a car accident or something? 
Maybe I just viewed it. I thought they like hit the car head on and then they were drowning and I don't know. I mean, there's lots of bridges. I mean, there's. I mean, it's actually fairly common to drive a car off a bridge in New Orleans. <laughs> fairly Happens common. All the time. Oh. <laughs> Rhiannon's <laughs> done it at wire. least two or three times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like everybody's done it once. No, no. I mean, like the causeway from New Orleans across Lake Pontchartrain. There's cars that go off the bridge all the time. So that would be a very New Orleans car crash situation. See, I saw the Superdome, and then I heard lightning, and then I saw like a car crash, and I saw water. And I just assumed that they were in their cars when the hurricane hit and the hurricane knocked them off into the water. Wouldn't that be about the right age? I'm going to age myself at this point. Katrina happened what year? Happened 11 years ago. It happened in 2005. Yeah. 2005. Okay, it's not the right age then. Because mm-hmm. I was thinking it was 10 years ago and they were like 8 and they would be 18 now, you know. But that doesn't work. Yeah. I'm the only yeah, person that old. saw that then. Never mind. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I was looking for it because you said something about it and I didn't see it. (laughs) Already in the live chat. The hurricane was 12 years ago. They would have had to been like four. Okay, you're right. That's probably (laughs) not. It was August of 2005. August 29th, if if I'm remembering correctly, which I may not. It was only my life for two years. It's overhead (laughs) shots of the Superdome that does it for me. You know, like aerial footage of the Superdome. I just think like Katrina, so. And the New Orleanian. The New Orleanian of me was like, well, was the Superdome roof whole? Was it white? Was it gray? What color was it? Did it have... They're going to, they're going to go with Caleb's theory and have the hurricane give them the powers and then we'll be stuck trying to figure out the timeline. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that too. And I was thinking, like, the storm clouds and the lightning, like, together, like, cloud and, and light. I don't know. It... I mean, I'm trying to think, because hurricanes have hit New Orleans since then, just not major hurricanes. Maybe tropical storms. I mean, there's thunderstorms in New Orleans all the time. They've had tornadoes. Like, tornadoes hit New Orleans pretty frequently. We are very talkative. This is turning into a long episode, and we still have a lot to go. So we're going to take a break from New Orleans meteorology talk, and let's talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. What did you guys think about this week? Um, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it was a little a little different, wasn't it? Okay, so let's just, I mean, people know we go into spoilers. Let's just go to it. Did you like that Evil Fits was not an apparition it was actually just him going crazy or did you not like it loved it so how i understood it he's been seeing the doctor ever since they left the framework right and we only saw the doctor this week i mean he's been seeing the doctor for quite some time i got the sense that he's been hearing him but he hadn't really seen him until just recently like it's been progressively getting worse and worse i think we all kind of thought that you know someone like Fitz having to deal with that stuff in the framework, we all thought there would be lasting consequences. Um, and now that kind of all came full circle there. So I loved it. I think it's easy to forget like a lip, like the time element because right now Fitz is living not that long after the framework, but he's lived through like getting frozen and going into the future and then doing all that stuff in space and fighting Cassili- or, uh, Cassilius. Um, <laughs> Crossover. 
who, who is it? I'm sorry. What's the name? Cassius. Cassius, right? Like, so the thing is, this has been here the whole time. Like when they're sitting there in the room with Cassius, when he first sees Gemma again, and she's got the thing in her ear. The whole time the doctor has been in his head, like going like, you should just kill him now. You know, like this has been driving him nuts for a really long time, even though the narrative is only a few months after the framework ended, you know? No, I, I thought it was an awesome twist. I mean, even though we have all seen it before in another movie, I thought it was an awesome twist. It was totally movie name redacted. You guys <laughs> movie name redacted. Oh, well, there you go. I'll have to put a spoiler warning in the, uh, <laughs> uh to be fair, it came out, what, 20 years that's ago? That's true. If you haven't seen it, it's on you. That's right. <laughs> I mean, at what point? I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, <laughs> no, that's you fair can enough. edit that out if you think it's too much of a spoiler. Are you glad Daisy's got her powers back? Like, I felt like this was a nice way to take care of that because... None of them were going to do that, but we really, we need her to have her powers because it's a lot of the fun of the show to me to have a powered person on the show. I I thought it was a great, yeah, I thought it was a great way to go. There was that, remember Chloe Bennett's Instagram a couple months ago where she said she was crying all day on set? Right after the episode, she posted another video saying this was why she was crying that much. So my conspiracy thinking mind, maybe she's just using this moment as an excuse for that and someone's actually going to die or nobody's going to die and we just kind of all jump the gun on that. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm. She did have to probably cry all day on set for that that scene, so. Um, okay, so I'm going to say something that drives me crazy. I'm interested in your take. Um, I feel like people are being very inconsistent with the future on the show. Whenever there's something bad that they know from the future, it's like, don't worry about it. We're going to change it. But then every time there's something good from the future, it makes them feel good. So like the world's going to be split apart. We'll change that. Don't worry, Gemma, you and Fitz are going to get back together and it'll all be okay. Cause that's what happens in the future. Oh good. I feel better. Like we got a little bit of it with Mac where she's like, I'm fine. And he's like, I don't know if that's true, but like, I kind of would like somebody who is consistent with the future. It would be really cool if we had one character that was like, the future means nothing at all. Who cares what we saw? Let's just keep living our lives. Or if we had a character that's like, I'm checked out. I'm going to go knock down some Zimas because what's happening is happening and we're not stopping it. Like, you know, like I always feel like these characters kind of want their cake and eat it too. They can change all the bad stuff, keep all the good stuff. It's, it seems inconsistent to me, you know? So, I'm, am I missing something? I'm still having a hard time understanding why they were kidnapped and sent to the future in the first place. To kill Cassius? Was that it? Because they were sent to the future after the world was exploded or destroyed, but then they came back before it was destroyed. So, I mean, what... I don't know. I guess I'm just not understanding the necessary for the time travel, you know? Am I the only one? Or, I mean, why? It, it doesn't make sense. Why go to save the world? Why do you need to go past its destruction? Is it some sort of self-reflection type deal? So now Daisy realizes to keep her powers in check or something? Or, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm just a bit confused on the whole need for time travel. 
if they do it right, I think that Robin Robin saw time as flat, like the future and the past didn't mean anything to her. And so if this is done correctly, there will be something about that that will change the, the past. The only guess I can have is that it's Zeke. That Zeke will somehow be the key Deke. to preventing Deke. Deke. Whatever. Deke. He's annoying. Yeah. Zima Deke. <laughs> Zima Deke. I'm going to call him he Zima Zeke, Zeke then. Anyway, um, I, I think it's Deke. I'm guessing that somehow him being in the past will alter something. And he'd only go in the past if he interacted with them. If they do it well, Robin saw all this and this is a master plan that makes total sense. And if they don't do it well, we'll still have this question at the end of the season. But I think you're right to be asking right now what what was the purpose because I don't totally understand it. Well, and I think we still don't know. We still don't know how Deke came back. Like, do we? Because he like sacrificed himself and he was he should have been dead. I don't know. How did how did he come back? That's a good question. We, I don't think we know. No, we don't have any idea. Maybe Enoch magic. Speaking of Enoch, was that not who was talking to General Hill at the end of the episode? Okay, we got to talk about that stinger. Uh, what you guys? What did you think when you saw the stuff about the Confederation and Hydra? What was? What do you think is going on? And do you like it? I have no idea. I mean, if Hydra, but didn't didn't we establish that Hydra was all to get Hive and stuff, and that's all done? So, what would Hydra's purpose of existence even be? So, the sense that I got is that I thought it was Space Hydra. Okay, when no, I'm not kidding. I think it's. I mean, when it happened. Because it was like the Confederacy, the Confederacy of what? Of Hydras, inter, like intergalactic Hydras. And this is like a Cree guy. He's got that black crap that um, the guy whose name was not Cassilius had, Cassius had, right? Nice. He had that stuff. And so I was thinking if Hive is this inner, like, is this being from another planet, what if there were other planets that interacted with Hive and we got Hydras on different planets? And so it's Space Hydra. (laughs) This is immediately what I thought when I saw it, and I hated it, by the way. When I saw it, I was like, oh, crap, Space Hydra? You're saying, like, Hydra's like an intergalactic police force? Or they just want to track down all the hives? It's just, um, it's more like a... Well, you know, because the thing is, in Season 3, they really changed things up. And that Hydra was not just this fascist um, organization from Nazi times. That it was this sort of religious, mystical zealots that for centuries have been sort of in awe of Hive as this being. And I'm saying, what if there's other planets where other people saw the Hive and they had the same response to it and sort of worshipped it and followed it. And there's like a confederation of hydra-like organizations spreading the like sort of religion and ideology of hive on different corners of the planet does that make sense it doesn't make sense but do you understand what i'm saying 
you would think, I mean, isn't Hives like an ancient inhuman, right? Wouldn't the royal family have knowledge of him? Wouldn't they want to, like, put a kaput on it or what? That's not in continuity. That show doesn't exist. It's not part of the MCU any longer, so... (laughs) Um, anything else for this episode? We've talked about Space Hydra. Do you guys find it weird that we're getting characters in and out? Like, Baby Strucker's gone. Dove Cameron apparently shows up in every other episode. Crusher Creel is here or there. Oh, and what about... Did it feel weird and jarring when the, um, the Superior showed up? I don't know anymore. I feel like they're wrapping up. All of the loose ends that you that like everybody's wanted to go through. Like by the end, Ghost Rider's gonna show up and save everybody and I just everybody's gonna pop back up. But now that the Gravitonium's gone, we didn't get Graviton, so what the hell? Unless Hell already got him, that is. He's another piece to the Thunderbolts. Possibly oh. Yeah, somebody else, um, Chris was saying in the mailbag, I was going to get to it, that maybe Strucker is Taskmaster because Taskmaster like memorizes everybody else's movements. They, they, I don't think they give a character as important as Taskmaster to Shield, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's making me nervous, though. Yeah, baby Strucker. All right, okay. Uh, uh, so the other news. Let's talk about. So as we wrap up Agents of Shield, um. The uh, produced Jed Whedon was asked about an Infinity War tie-in and his quote was, quote, the movies blaze a path. When Doctor Strange came out, it introduced us to magic, which gave us Ghost Rider. When Guardians of the Galaxy came out, we were introduced to space, which, by the way, is ridiculous. We all knew space existed before Guardians of the Galaxy. Anyways, um... We are waiting for that movie, meaning Infinity War, to come out so that it can open a new playground to us. What do you think that means? I mean, it means a new element is going to be introduced. Time travel? Right. Well, they're already (laughs) doing time travel, so. There's only going to be like four or five episodes after Infinity War, right? Yeah, yeah, we looked that up, that there are there are a few... What if that's why they moved up Infinity I, War? I don't... Was so that it would help Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, yeah. That's it! We figured it out! It's all connected. That's, a, that's it. Well, now they can't be connected, because, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. probably has to go back and redo a whole episode to take into account, you know, whatever happens in Infinity War. It does suggest that our concern... That the movie was coming out on the same day as the S.H.I.E.L.D. episode and what order should we watch them in? Apparently they're not connected enough for that to mean a hill of beans. Because that episode was already half written probably by the time they made that move. Um, Well, I also think that move was not at all spontaneous. That's true. That's true. Um, So I guess, I mean, other dimensions? Does that seem to be it? Like Elseworlds maybe? But again, is that different? I just... It seemed like an answer that was supposed to be mysterious that means absolutely nothing. It felt like Chad Whedon was just making stuff up, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, is Ghost Rider going to come back and take S.H.I.E.L.D. agents to another dimension before Thanos kills them all? Because, I mean, and, I mean, Jed said that they're writing this season as if it would be a series finale or some so he didn't say that but he says 
I don't want to say cliffhangers or something, but he said that it's going to be self-containing of sorts, right? He said that a couple weeks ago, I think. The only, I mean, I just think it's going to be a connection we're going to hate. I just think it's going to be something like, like an alien invasion is apparently coming on the show. I think it's going to be like, they stopped the alien invasion. They're like, yay, we stopped it. And then the next week they're like, oh, there was a different alien invasion. You know, like, I don't know. I'm just, I don't think it's going to be much of anything. It's, uh, it's frustrating. A Thanos name drop would still be pretty cool. Except no one knows what who Thanos is. Unless Ghost Rider comes back to warn them all. Yeah, it's going to be weird. Um, I don't know. Do you think Thanos is going to announce his name? Like, is he going to go on TV and be like, I am Thanos? Like, in World War Hulk, Hulk, like, goes on <laughs> yes. TV and, like, is like, I'm telling you my plan so that I can move the narrative along. So do you <laughs> So that you can... Form of resistance. Thanos is going to show up on like the, the Rachel Maddow show or something and be like, let me tell you what I'm going to do to your planet. For expositionary reasons, I'm going to make this grand announcement. <laughs> All right. Let's go on to our main conversation. Uh, we got a new trailer for Deadpool 2. And so we have never really talked about Deadpool that much on the podcast. We thought we'd talk about it as our main convo today. Um, so let's start with this. Um, we've talked a little bit, but uh, you guys, uh, did you? I assume you saw the first Deadpool. What did you kind of think of it? And what are your thoughts coming into a sequel for that movie? I mean, I, I think I said it last week, a couple weeks ago, or 53 times. I, I, I think there was something very special about the first one. They're going to be chasing that same special nature. And with this new trailer, I just don't think they're there. So, I mean, I, and and that's what, yeah, I mean, we've talked about a lot that I loved Deadpool, the first one, um, and, and that not even just loving it, I loved everything leading up to it. I loved the billboards, the jokes, the, you know, every trailer, like, just made me excited about that movie, and it was something not on my radar at all. Um... I vaguely remember watching this new trailer this past week. I remember as soon as it was over, realizing I didn't even giggle. Like, it just sort of felt like a little bit of the same and introducing, you know, introducing a new plot. You know, we got to see more of Cable and I started to wonder if he really does look too much like Thanos. And, um, I... I just didn't get excited. I'm not excited. They, um, I think it speaks a lot of the rumors surrounding the test screenings were somewhat accurate. I mean, it almost felt that they didn't focus on Deadpool at all and rather focused on the creation of this X-Force. So, I mean, I'm thinking Fox is barring some catastrophic regulatory things you know maybe they're just going to try and and make x-force their next big thing over at fox you know they're supposed to be having an x-force movie and stuff like that but i don't it just didn't seem like it it focused on deadpool that much we got cable we got uh domino we got apparently terry cruz is this mutant called bedlam um and some like 
Blink looking character. It kind of looked like Blink, but they just used Blink and the Gifted, so that would be confusing. Um, and apparently Shatterstar. So I don't. There wasn't too many too many jokes. Um, and I'm not sure how good of a movie Deadpool's gonna be without his fourth wall breaking antics. You know, I just didn't see that in this trailer. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times. So sequels, I mean, the going idea is sequels have to be bigger, but that seems like an inherent concern. And, you know, this is really interesting because way back in the day, there was the TJ Miller stuff, right? Like why he left and there was debate about whether it was budget or whatever. The first one succeeded in part because they didn't spend a ton of money on it. They didn't go too big. They just, you know, like it was a, the small budget seemed to help the first one. And I, I just felt a little bit of bloat to this, you know, like, wow, let's add more and more and more and more and more stuff. You know, like, let's go from a movie about like one, three characters, if you include Negasonic and Colossus. And instead, let's make it a movie about eight characters, you know, like it feels kind of like unnecessary franchise building too, like. I don't know. Is that is this making sense? Like, does it just feel like they're filling it up with more stuff? Yes. I mean, I think they're all these studios are noticing what Marvel's doing, except they don't stop and think that Marvel's had ten years and nearly two dozen movies to introduce all these characters. You know, like Justice League threw all the characters in right off the bat. Uh, you know, and they're gonna do the same with this X Force stuff. I mean, at least Deadpool one used like the the most zealous character as a villain, you know, and there's only kind of one and a half villains, you know. Um, I mean, we haven't even really seen a villain in this. Is Cable kind of the antagonist in this? I mean, that's what I've gotten from the trailer. That's, I mean, that's what I got. I I don't know. I just think they're trying to make as many comic book fans happy as possible but comic book fans are usually never happy with the end results so i'm interested in your take adam on the portrayal of cable for you guys i mean does this feel like cable does this kind of fill your expectations um you know just the look the feel the way he sounds how are how are you feeling about cable in this in this trailer so anytime i think of cable I think of Rob Liefeld's terrible drawings. We're talking about the huge chested men with a zillion pockets on their pants and a million guns that put AR-15s to shame with like 50 million bullets hanging off of them. Um, I mean, that's what I think of when I think of Cable, that he was kind of like the 90s superstar of sorts. Um not really getting that in terms of characterization i mean not he he's pretty much complete opposites of deadpool's wise ass cracking jokes all the time um so yeah I, I would guess it's probably too early to tell for me at least um but then again it's not like cable is my favorite superhero by any means i would guess some person somewhere has thoughts on cable I thought the introduction of him, like how strong he is, like the there was kind of this little fight scene where he was just like knocking Deadpool around like a rag doll. I thought that was that was good. I mean, I, I thought it was interesting. 
Um, I think Josh Brolin is going to make a good cable. And I, I felt like it was different enough from Thanos that it's not going to bug me like I thought maybe it was. Rhiannon, you felt like they were uh, they were a little similar for your tastes? Yeah. I mean, you know, just recently getting more views of Thanos, you know, seeing a little more of Thanos in action rather than just being sort of an image. Um, and then seeing Cable, I, I was kind of just getting the same vibe from the two. And with the two movies coming out kind of close, I mean, maybe your everyday person isn't going to notice it but and i'm i never thought that would be an issue but i think it might be an issue as we continue forward towards this fox deal um do you guys think like what do you think the end game is here as far as do you want to see ryan reynolds deadpool folded into the mcu we've talked about how it'd be relatively easy to do because he does the fourth wall thing or um I don't know. Do you feel like this is a character that you want to see added to your MCU or would you be happy to just let him kind of finish his deal off at Fox and and never come over? I think for Deadpool to make sense in the current MCU, I think the only role that would suit him would be replacing Stan Lee's cameos. I think Rhiannon mentioned that a while back. But, But... you can't have Deadpool without a rated R movie, you know. He needs Deadpool needs the F bombs and sticking his finger through a bullet hole on his wrist and, and that sort of stuff, you know. I don't without that stuff, I mean you're gonna have very upset Deadpool fans. Um So I mean I guess I don't have an answer for your question. You know, I want to see it exist in the MCU, but I mean, are they going to I mean, I had people on Facebook upset that they took their kids to Deadpool because it was a superhero movie, you know. Um, obviously, it's their fault because they didn't bother even watching the trailers, you know. But if, I don't know, are they going to, if it's part of the MCU, they can't market it that, oh, hey, it belongs besides Iron Man and, and Spider-Man, you know. It, it, I guess it just doesn't really fit unless they do like a, Marvel Knights red band section of the universe but I don't know in terms of I mean the cameos make sense because it's the the fourth wall breaking stuff and all of that but other than that I mean a PG-13 Deadpool movie is going to be very very bad yeah I forget that people do conflate all comic book movies together like I literally today talked to a friend and he was trying to figure out a movie to see and he's like, oh, you like the comic movies. Like, what's the deal with this Black Panther movie? So I explained a little bit of him. And he goes, oh, that's really good. Like, I don't know. The last time I went to a comic movie was Deadpool. And it was so raunchy and stuff. I kind of gave up on comic book movies. And it would never, like, it all hit my brain that you would confuse what happened in Deadpool with Black Panther, right? But for some people, those things get conflated together. So um, I did kind of like... Um, I did like the action I saw in the trailer. Like, there was a few ways that his powers were getting... Like, the deal where the gun got stuck into his hand, and they, like, turned his hand around and shot the guy. Like, I don't know. I think they're doing some fun things uh, with the fight scenes. I, I, I Let me put it this way. I was shockingly... I like this more after seeing this trailer. I was not looking forward to this at all. And then this came around, and I was like, okay, it'll be okay that I have to go see that in the theaters, so... <laughs> Um, I don't know. This one, this one went around a little different for me, so I, I thought it was a little bit better. 
All right, uh, moving on to our mailbag. A couple things. Uh, First of all, if you guys are listening to the podcast for the first time because you kind of learned about it through the Supercut, we're really happy to have you on board. Thanks for uh, listening. Um, We got so many great, kind comments on the Supercut on YouTube. There was no way I could... I mean, the mailbag would be longer than the episode. Like, there was just so much good stuff. So, um, we appreciate it. We've read a lot of it. I think Charles has probably read all of it. Um, and so thanks for leaving all those comments. And that's been, that's been great. Um, via SoundCloud. Um, so we talked some about the Sokovia chords last week and Alvin on YouTube and Chris on SoundCloud both suggested that the Sokovia chords only count for the Avengers or for international superheroes. I thought immediately, that's not right. And then the more I looked it up and looked at the language in the movie, I think that's really possible that like the Sokovia Accords are not meant for someone like Jessica Jones or whoever. But then there was the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff. Like I felt like S.H.I.E.L.D. was like tracking down superhero people. Like what's going on with that? Does that like seem like a reasonable explanation that Jessica wouldn't have to sign the Accords? Didn't they? I mean, yeah, it wasn't Shield tasked with tracking like Inhumans down that didn't sign the Sokovia Accord. Yeah, because I thought Yo-Yo at one point signed them, or I think Yo-Yo even said she signed them, or because they had to do the checkups on. But Yo-Yo's a foreigner, isn't she a foreigner? Yeah, that's the thing though. She's international, so. But I mean, the I saw Shield was only because I mean they made more than one stop, didn't they? Did Daisy stop and visit the? Melty Hands guy? I thought they, like, stopped and visited a lot of people that they had to check up with. Like the, uh, fire dude. What's the fire dude's name? The fire. Oh, yeah, the guy that was in a fireworks shop last time we saw him. Yeah, but yeah. he's Australian, right? Oh. Maybe you guys are onto something, man. I, it just seems like they had to do these. I don't know, maybe. But I mean... But Joey Gutierrez, I, I feel like Joey Gutierrez had to sign, and he is not international. But people would say, well, oh, or if you're in S.H.I.E.L.D. But it seems like this is a really convenient law if it only applies to people with exceptions. Like, oh, if you're international, or you're a S.H.I.E.L.D., or you're an Avenger, but anybody who we didn't actually put in the shows, I don't know. It, it's It's some of an explanation, and I've heard it enough that I maybe believe it, but I don't know. It doesn't seem right. I don't know. I guess my my headcanon is that I mean the Sokovia Accords is the MCU's version of the super what su- is a superhero superhuman registration. Yeah, whatever. So I, I I just assumed. I guess I never even thought about. It. I just automatically assumed that every single powered person had to sign. Yeah, which also makes me wonder: Are they T'Challa's not signing this right? Even though he's the one that put it in place. Like, how is that going to work? Now that's bothering me. <laughs> All right. Um, Chris was asking, um, we were saying last week they were surprised Jessica didn't call up Luke Cage when she had trouble. And he was saying that he wasn't sure if they would based on their relationship. Um, Rhiannon, I can't remember, in The Defenders, Luke and Jessica kind of make up at the end, right? I mean, there is an actual comment of we should meet for coffee sometime. Well, there you go. If they can meet for coffee, they can fight bad guys, right? I'm not, I mean, I don't know how the superhero community works, but I think fighting bad guys is a lower level of commitment than, than coffee. But 
But I mean, I think Jessica said it, so she doesn't know that coffee is a euphemism. But oh, okay. But we all did. (laughs) Right? Yeah, that was the intention. Um, indie film productions on YouTube left a couple comments. Thanks for interacting with the show. Uh, I was just talking a little bit about Thanos's motivation and that he uh, he liked the idea of a Jessica Jones action figure that she would be disgusted by. So, um, one more interaction thing, Adam. Uh, did we go live with the uh, Deathpool thing where people can play along at home? Uh, y- yes, I can uh, pull that up. That's live and ready to go. I just don't know what the address is. Okay, so. What we've done, uh, if you guys listened to the show last week, uh, we made a draft picks about who would die in Inv- Avengers Infinity War, and we are going to let you play along at home. So we've kind of made a little form. You can make your predictions of who will die. We sort of put them into bands based on our draft picks, and we would love for you to play along at home. I think that could be fun. So uh, feel free to do yes. that. What's the link, to Adam? To play along, go to marvelnewsdesk.com slash deathpool. Slash deathpool. Not slash deadpool. I don't think that's deathpool. anything, but deathpool. No. D-E-A-T-H-P-O-O-L. Awesome. All right, I think that does it. Do you guys have anything else you want to say for the pod this week before we sign off? Uh, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. You can interact with us a lot of ways. You can send us a message on Twitter via our hashtag at marvelnewsdesk. Not via our hashtag or handle, at Marvel News Desk. You can also communicate with us via SoundCloud um, or the MarvelNewsDesk.com posts each week. If you want to support the show, give us a dollar a month over at Patreon.com slash Marvel News Desk. When you do that, you get access to our special MCU film ranking episode, available only to our Patreon supporters, as well as early access to videos such as the Road to Infinity War Supercut. Uh, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Marvel News Desk or subscribe to us on YouTube at www.watch.marvelnewsdesk.com. Again, that's the big one right now. If you'll subscribe on YouTube, that'd be really helpful. Uh, you can help the show uh, be more visible to others if you leave us a five-star review on iTunes. But the number one thing you can do every week is listen and tell your friends about it. We want to thank Tim Cox for our logo. You can find him on Instagram at Tim V. Cox. And thank you to Alvin for our wonderful theme music. He's on a variety of social media platforms as at the Skull School. All right. I think that does it for this week, guys. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you later. Bye.